Welcome, everybody. Podcast number 86. I almost lost count. I was panicking there when the commercial was running. Uh, <laughs> oh, <no. podcast> is <laughs> this? <laughs> it says at the top, Carrie. Oh, true enough. True enough. Got to keep my eyes open. Um, yeah. So, welcome, everybody, to the 86th episode. Um, if you haven't noticed, everybody's wearing some uh, new swag going on from Five Pin Universe. It's the blackout <laughs> editions. Who leaves their sticker on? I, I was going to talk about that. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? <laughs> Only the cool kid. Maybe 20 years ago, Daryl. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to be hip, man. I'm trying to be cool. You got to check out. I, I took mine off. No? Is yours no. off, Dexter? Oh, it's off. Yeah, it's gone. Oh. Yeah. So I just, no, I'm gonna I've never wait. claimed I'm gonna to wait. be cool. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to wait for other people to tell me what to do. <laughs> oh, okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So... Five Pin Universe has launched a Shopify store for everybody to go to and uh, pick up your swag. So it's a store.fivepinuniverse.ca. Simple as that. Um, it's So this release is the Blackout Edition, we're calling it. So a lot of it is uh, monochrome um, items and stuff like that. And a small portion of our proceeds we will donate to a specific charity of choice here in the future. Um, but the rest of the proceeds will go to bring in new merchandise and uh, help promote the sport, uh, come out with new events and stuff like that. So um, if you head over to store.fivepinuniverse.ca, you get to see all the merch and you can shop there. You can pay with PayPal, Interact, credit card, and all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we're all wearing what we're – Tim's got a T-shirt. Kerry's got a T-shirt on. Right, Pretty, guys? Some, got sweatpants. Some sweatpants. I know. <laughs> I own my first yeah. pair of sweatpants, and it's the most comfortable thing I've ever. Yeah, first pair of sweatpants. We got some testimonials on the page. Apparently, I'm getting yeah. this yeah. for my hat. Check, check yeah. out the testimonials. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, Brett, Brett, project. Yeah, Brett, you've got to wait for us to come out with the five pin new speedos, and then we'll do it for you. Yeah, yeah. they're in their cocks. Yeah, they're in yeah. their cocks. Settle down. Get the get the two <laughs> unders. Just the two unders. No, we've yeah. been talking about this for a bit, right? So raise some. Raise some funds. Um, obviously, we'll look to don donate back some of the proceeds. Continue to build podcasts. Continue to build productions. Talking about documentaries, tour stuff, right? So all the all the proceeds are just going to go back into cool stuff that we can do for bowling. So please yeah, support. Exactly. Please share the site. Please uh, use it. Test it. You know, maybe we can sell out of some styles, some wicked hats. Obviously, some uh, flex fits, sweaters. So it's fun, right? Edmonton location. You can pick up from. BPG, um, and then we'll uh, we'll ship it out to you. Yeah, exactly. And um, all the patrons, um, you would have got a message in your Patreon um, explaining you get a little discount code depending on which tier you're a part of. So uh, you get a little bit cheaper products than the rest of the public. So if anybody wants those discount codes, you have to become a Patreon member. So sign up today and help help support Five Pin Universe and all the podcasts we're doing mm -hmm. here. Giddy up. All right. Um, so there is another piece of exciting news before we get to our special guest and our uh, episode sponsor. We uh, came out with the Team Pro League Division Silent Auction. So if people haven't noticed on Facebook on our uh, Five Pin Universe page, we released the different divisions and uh, we opened a silent auction till next Wednesday for you to bid and uh, decide the name of the divisions, mm -hmm. I guess, is what you're essentially yeah. doing. That top team in Division 2 looks real good. 
<laughs> a little self promotion. No, uh, well, I kind of like that BPG bombers, like you know, basically you chose a name that they're gonna bomb themselves. So it is, it is, <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> Settle down, you two. <laughs> yeah. So uh, check out Five Pin Universe's Facebook page, and you can see the post there. Um, if you want to put in a bid for one of the divisions, you just send it into admin at fivepinuniverse.ca. That is the only way we're going to accept the bid. And uh, every day at noon, we will post the highest bid. And then you know where, you're, where you stand. Lots of exposure um, there, right? For companies, for people, for centers, for whatever, right? So help spread the word. We saw lots of you know Facebook shares today. Spread the word. Let's um, see if we can get that sponsorship up there. Um, this all goes back into the, the, the tour as well. So it'd be cool to see somebody's company name uh, as a sponsor mm -hmm. there. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and Ryan, that's because uh, real professionals design these ones. Not a kid's, the not a kid's club. That's right. <laughs> no, BPG was uh, gracious enough to take on the task to design all the logos. And uh, I think they came out amazing. Yeah, they did yeah. a fantastic job. I got to see all the shirts yesterday too. Um, yeah. And they look, they look so good. They look they so do. good. Honestly, Johnny was pulling them out and kind of looking at them. He was just getting all giddy over seeing them yeah. all in person. Right. So yeah. uh, excited to get those out to everybody in the team. Um, when can we start playing? And obviously, Gary, you made a schedule as well. Uh, how's the mm -hmm. feedback on that? I know that it's a, it's a bit heavy and, and loaded, but, you know, we're doing everything we can to get this, you know, in this season as soon as people can get playing again. Right. So. Yeah, what was exactly. it April, April 11th? Yeah, the, the production schedule starts on April 11th, and it is super heavy loaded. Um, it's straight seven weeks of play, but um, the production will be released over several uh, months. So we're hoping to get that under wraps. And uh, for all those people that want to advertise on the show and stuff, there is some advertising packages, obviously the silent auction. Um, it is 19 shows and all the shows are three hours long. So there is lots of advertising that will be going on. And it is on our social media platforms, which uh, has been known to get quite a few views. So, And we've seen some of the back-end production setups that you've been working on, Carrie, and it's pretty, pretty spectacular and impressive to see the work that's been put into it as far as, um, you know, the layout and the logos and the building of a show and you're building, you're building a full show here. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. It took me, work. took me a whole day just to do <laughs> essentially three weeks of, uh, shows. So, um, it's going to be a lot more work, but, uh, I, I hope I got most of the templates done and it'll just be a lot of plug and play, but we'll see. Looks yeah, great, Carrie. Nice. Um, nice. Okay, so we will move on. So our sponsor of the week, once again, is All-Star Bowling Sales. Um, head to allstarsbowlingsales.com to pick up all your All-Stars merchandise. Um, they sell bowling balls, T-shirts, hats, all that good stuff, anything 5-pin related. Um, so we'll run their commercial, and then we'll bring in our special guest of the week. <laughs> all right. So this week, uh, without further ado, we have... Um, a competitor is that is no stranger to um, the best in pretty much the sport we have to offer. Um, unfortunately, he doesn't play a lot. Maybe that will uh, come through as we talk here. And he is clearly the better Moens if you don't know who he is.
Mr. Brad Mullins. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Good. How are you guys? Yeah. There's. Is this like a similar thing between the the Mullins brothers as there is the Wiseman brothers? Uh, I don't think there's as much competition. Everyone already knows. Yeah. (laughs) On 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 which end? Both. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, John, John was a never was right. So I mean, there's difference. At least me and Dexter won something. So John had a history of injuries. Yeah, that was yeah, that was interesting watching that when when he had his injury. What did he blow over an Achilles? What happened? Uh, close. Um, we were at provincials one year, and and uh, he threw one ball. It was no. a strike, and he turned around and fist pumped and blew out his knee. And you're done. Yeah, yeah. He's mind you, he was he was perfect for the tournament. So I don't know. I, I don't think anybody else has done that. <laughs> uh, One frame, opening frame. Oh, poor guy. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. yeah, no, he's he's done good to come back and everything. So yeah, he's always been good. Yeah. What's going on, Mr. Mullins? How's uh, how's life in Saskatchewan these days? What's going on? Uh, right now, it's pretty cold. Um, <laughs> other than <laughs> other than the cold uh, and being locked in the houses, uh, everything else is going pretty good. Kids are good. Uh, family's good. Work is busy, so no real complaints. No, we're, we're giving you a bit of a hard time before about some technical difficulties and understanding that. <laughs> You yeah, should be I, right up there on the scale of competency, but it wasn't happening apparently. Yeah, no, no. I, I figured out what a computer is now, so I think I think all our, all our troubles are behind us. <laughs> yeah. What do you What do you do for work again, Brad? I'm an electrical I'm an electrical engineer um, with a private consulting firm who also does uh, a lot of field services and and commissioning. Um, now I believe we're one of the largest uh, companies in North America that does this work. Uh, I've been kind of all over the North America on anywhere from Fort McMurray all the way down to Texas uh, for work. Oh, wow. So yeah, I don't travel as much anymore. Um, but for a while I was traveling once a month somewhere. Crazy. Has that and, slowed and down now- lots? That's slowed yeah, down cool. lots for you now, obviously. Uh, yeah, for me at least, uh, we still have guys that travel down to the states and everything. Like, but um, they're starting to crack down on a lot of the changes now. So I think entering the U.S., you have to isolate for two weeks, and obviously coming back, the Canadian government's changing it so that you have to basically stay in a hotel for three days. So with with our company, we've been given um kind of exemptions because of the work that we do um as a like an essential service basically so we've been able to kind of more freely travel around for work purposes as opposed to the general public but um it's pretty much been up to whatever border guards um you get some of them allow you to go through without a problem some of you some of them give you a tough time for for not having to quarantine or whatever else, but for the most part, I think everything's been okay. But we'll see in the next few months here with what that, happens. Uh, that hotel thing too isn't that on your own dime now as well? That's not covered by anybody. 
Yeah, I heard that it was uh, it was going to be like two thousand bucks for 20, three days or something. Twenty eight hundred dollars. It was that, costing somebody. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I I'm just thinking at twenty eight hundred dollars and you get shuttled away. It's yeah. that's, that's that's another topic altogether. We can have for like three hours. So yeah, let's let's not talk about that. That's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's another discussion um so since you're home all all the time now how's how's uh lisa taking that or has she been handling that well um so so yeah uh, <laughs> we're both working from home so it's oh. it's it's interesting with two people working in the same room all the time yeah um she's got a bunch of vacation she has to burn before the end of the year so her days off, she gets to listen to me talk on conference calls all day. So she's she's happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now what are what are bowling alleys in Saskatchewan still same or is there a difference now? Like you're allowed to go with family, but not you're, with somebody? Uh Brett had asked that question. I'm not sure what the exact rules are. Um I know for leagues, we started up uh, last Monday again. And we did. Yeah, we did. Um, for the league, it was we had to have a set of lanes in between anybody who was bowling. Uh, and then there was rules about you couldn't have food or beverage down on the lanes. You had to go back to your, your sitting area to, to do any of that. Um, but other than that, with just the reduced capacity, I guess it's, you were still able to, to bowl. And it was kind of weird because they could still have open play, but they shut leagues down for whatever mm -hmm. reason. So, yeah. but yeah. Uh, other than that, like it, it just seems like it's more of a reduced uh, capacity. And as long as they have a set of lanes between um, nice. whoever's bowling, we can still continue, which is, which is helpful because at least we can get out and do something. Totally. You're getting some, getting this, some early practice work in then. Isn't that that protein league's getting some early work in? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, sp speaking of protein, I mean, how do you feel getting shunned by Regina? I mean, considering you're like one of the best there is out there. I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm not too hurt about it. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see how, uh, how they perform and maybe. Maybe that'll change things. <laughs> <laughs> Might be calling some making a making a midseason trade. That's it's yeah. a seven week season. You can wait for can, next year. Can you send yeah, back yeah. and just chirp them for me? I mean, that'd be great. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll just I'll just make sure I'm at the bowling alley with some crazy big signs and. <laughs> Sarah says you were asked. Yeah, I, I did get asked. Um, I was I was part of whatever group they, they, they put out. So I I've just got a lot going on with family and work and whatever else. So it was, it was more of a personal decision. It was a pity. Totally it, it was a it was a pity last minute invite. I know how Sarah works, right? So I <laughs> I understand why you said no. I get it. So yeah, no, it was, <laughs> I I did have the opportunity to, okay. to to be part of it, but yeah, I chose I chose not to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, they they stunned me. <laughs> they don't like that anymore. <laughs> 
<laughs> Let's um, should we chat some some bowling talk there, guys? Let's get into sure, some yeah. nitty gritty about uh, Brad Moans in his early days and his some big tournaments. You've had a pretty solid career, obviously helpful with uh, um, you know the last decade. Some of our previous guests have been a lot longer than that, so it's some fresh memories um, for you and for the guys here. So. But before yeah. we get to the, the tournaments, where did you start bowling and where did it happen? Are you four or five years old? Or, or tell us about the start of uh, things. Yeah, I started, I started when I was three years old. Um, both my parents and our grandparents bowled at the uh, Bowlerama in Rosemont with uh, Dave Urich. So uh, he's, he's known my family for forever. And... Uh, when I was three, I started bowling at the Northtown Bowling Lanes up on Rochdale. Bowled there for pretty much all of my YBC until middle of seniors. And after that, I moved over to the Golden Mile and uh, the rest is history, I guess. Nice. Do you, yeah. now did you, sorry, how, how much age difference is John than you? Two years. So he's two years younger. Okay. Yeah. So bowling up. Now who, um, who were some of the people you would have played with YBC days in some of those early years? Mm, YBC. Well, I, I grew up bowling with uh, Steve Peter. We've mm -hmm. bowled together pretty much all our lives. Um, we always usually bowled against uh, the Hibners, Klempner, uh, those guys from the Golden Mile. Um, and then from the Glen Karen. Uh, I don't know if anybody would remember him, but Adam Kaler was a pretty good, uh, pretty good singles bowler and, and competitor back in YBC. Um, other than that, I don't remember a whole lot of names. I recognize faces more than names, which is <laughs> which is probably bad to say. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of how it went. What um, now we, we we hear 96 was the first uh, YBC Nationals. What was that? Was that a yeah? That was uh, I was Bantams that year. Uh, there was who all was on that team? Me, Steve, Peter, um, and a few other guys that don't bowl anymore. Yeah, um, yeah, Bantams it was year. yeah, it was it was interesting because like it was one of the first experiences um, competing at a I guess a higher level than just bowling and league or the tournaments around the city and, and province. So it was, it was interesting. We were, it was up in Saskatoon, so not a too far of a drive. And it was, it was a cool experience because we got to be billeted out and mm -hmm. obviously we don't stay with our parents. And, and it was really interesting to, to see that side of things. We got to have a lot of fun and, and kind of just get introduced into what we know today now yeah is that so fair to say that's the start of the competitive tournaments and like oh there's something more out there D yeah. did they do i mean that was bantam years but they do a intercity uh -huh. type format in regina or saskatoon do they do that in saskatchewan like edmonton yep. calgary do yep so the way it, like it was the four steps to stardom so obviously they've changed it around yeah. a little bit net bit now uh, it was five player teams back then and and yeah, you had your your round playoff in uh, in uh, your leagues, and then you'd go citywide to bowl against everybody in the city, yeah. and then you'd go to provincials and bowl there. Right. Okay. So, so what I meant was sort of like a, 
an ongoing intercity battle between bowling alley and bowling alley in Edmonton. We have what's called the intercity rep, right? Where you, oh, you take, okay, yeah. you know, Brian Karen versus, you know, mm-hmm. gold mile versus, you know, that throughout the year, not necessarily for the five, oh, okay. the, yeah, the four steps. So, Oh no, there, there wasn't anything like that exactly. back then for us. It was, yeah. it was more just, uh, if we wanted to do anything like that, it was kind of just getting together. Right. Then, any other uh, nationals did you go to? Did you ever play singles at a nationals as a YBC too, or some of those? Uh... As a YBC, no, I never did. Um, okay. I always I always bowled against Adam Kaler and a couple of the other guys. Like I think uh, there might have been some overlap with uh, like Curtis Klempner or okay. or Jeff or Darren, but uh, every every I'd get to provincials or I'd get to the cities and then. I'd always come up short in singles. So it was, for me, it was, for me, it was always teams yeah. for whatever yeah. reason. But, but Brad, then you moved over, didn't you, to Golden Mile? Cause I know we played against yeah. you at nationals, right? And I mm-hmm. believe 05, I think it was 05 or 04. One of those years you, you guys moved over and you guys played against us that one year. Yeah. That was in 2003. We moved over. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. So we moved over there in 2003. Uh, to have just continue having fun and uh, get a little bit more competition. And we were lucky enough to make it to nationals and win that year. Nice. Against, uh, against the Wiseman boys. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it was, no, it wasn't that year. It was another year nope. after that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we didn't, we didn't make it in 03 that year. Okay. Yeah. Did you guys make it in 05? 05. 05. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We played against you in 05 out in uh, BC. BC. Yeah. At, at free fall. Yeah. It was like yeah. you and Johnny and I think uh, Darren Hibner was there. Yeah. And Taylor I think Robinson. Taylor Robinson. He Rob yeah. was on the team. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 We caused some shit that year. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 That was, that Sounds was a, that like was a, a story fun there, Dexter. What'd you do? Yeah. That was fun here. Uh, Gall was I mean, on our team. Yeah. Yeah. Gall, besides like, you know, cutting in lines with, you know, using Derek's diabetes, just have him standing in lines and start shaking. <laughs> and I'd, I'd bring Derek up to the front, be like, "He's shaking. He's he's shaking. Like we need to get him food now." When our entire team goes to the front, or yeah. or stealing the Ely's food out of the buffet lines, and yeah, yeah, no, it was uh, it was a good year, or or the chanting on the buses. Yeah, and I was got kicked off. Uh huh. Yeah, it's a good year. We we have. Uh... <laughs> The decent Moans in the chat here, blowing it up. I see talking that. With everybody. <laughs> yeah, you've got you've got some heavy comments coming in here. Yeah, Robin Robinson was was young that that year when we were we were there. Yeah, I just recently saw the picture of him again from there, and yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he looked tiny, although he doesn't look a whole lot different now, honestly. But no, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We 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 learned all about some people's fetishes that weekend too. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody in Regina likes to tickle Steve Peter's ear, he might get excited a little bit. So <laughs> that's what we found out in that age. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I um, know. Yeah, I do like uh, Brett Hendrickson's question there because you had mentioned that you moved over to a different bowling alley and then you had success going to nationals. Is that a mm-hmm. big thing? Switching alleys, kind of the Sharks versus Jets deal. Um, not sure if I know the reference. Anybody else know the reference yet? San Jose, Winnipeg. 
Evander King, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Um, But but is that a common practice for people to be switching bowling alleys? I mean, it's sort of in Edmonton, right, Tim? I mean, some people go from Sherwood to Bonnie Doon. Excuse me. It's yeah. I think it's more common now than it ever used to be. I mean, way back in nineties, eighties. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's probably more common now. Like back then, like I said, from ninety six all the way up to two thousand three, I bowled at the North Town, and then and then we switched over uh, for for whatever reasons. But uh, yeah, it was it was interesting uh, making the move. It was it was kind of weird and competing against the people we'd bowled against for for so long but um like i mentioned um when we came over i think there was a little bit more competition at the golden mile um some more of the adult league stuff was at the golden mile there with super league and getting introduced with that and getting more um more comfortable with some of the adult play probably also helped out quite a bit with with how i got to where i am Totally. And that's fair. I mean, there's always reasons why somebody moves. I mean, it's there's the drama side of things that people, of course, mm-hmm. move, but there's also the competition side of things move, or there's somebody who just likes to, you know, see different pastures, you know, and experience yeah. them all. Um, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm speaking on our side. I know in Edmonton, it's been flipping, flopping a lot out here in our YBC programs, and uh, I know none of our programs out here wanted really want that to happen. Um, I I know Daryl and I can attest back in our generation. I mean, it's been a while now. Um, A lot of us, we had pride in our centers and we wanted to build our own centers up and, and, and play for our centers. I know Marty and Marku Lopa moved over at some point and that was a big, big thing back in the day because uh, they moved over from St. Albert. And I I don't know the whole entire reason why, but it, it was, they wanted to join a winning team basically. And, and that wasn't yeah. necessarily what we wanted, it, it, but they just joined right now with the way the generation's running now, it's they, they don't want to build something in their own center. They just want to join something. It makes it a lot easier. And I ne- don't necessarily agree with that. Right. It's a lot different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes yeah. and no. Like, I mean, I, I think back in the day, there used to be like a lot of, there was a lot of, you know, coaching and program directors trying to sway bowlers to move from place mm-hmm. to place. And I I don't think we have that at all at any now. There's like a mutual respect amongst the centers. But I, I think kids change because like there's, there's a lot of it is parents and a lot of it is a change of scenery. And a lot of it is, you know, sometimes just things aren't working for them in a certain center. So they, they move centers to try to find you know, something that will work for them and maybe, maybe just a, like a happier environment. And um, I think a lot of that comes down to parents and stuff, but there definitely isn't, there definitely isn't the, um, the recruiting that there used to be back in the day. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's far less of that and more just personal preferences. Yeah. And, but um, also the Tim's side is there's not the, you know, pride in my center and that's my hometown and I'm playing no matter what and I'm sticking it through because that's where I play and that's who I am. It's more free and whatever, I'll go play here. I'll go play there. Right. You guys want to play together. It's look at the NBA, right? These guys make trades and they want to go play with each other. And if not, they're going to pout and they'll until they get traded. (laughs) So not that there's, so there's, there's both sides and I don't, I see both sides. I'm a bit more in the, you know, stay where I play and that's who I am and where I go, but I'm happy with where I am and, and who I play with. I don't really need to go, but I have 
played soccer before and I've switched teams before, you know, I've, I've done a transfer mid season even. Right. So, uh -huh. you know, I, and, and that was for different reasons. So it, it's fine. It was a good question. Yeah. Very good question. Yeah. yeah. I, I, Brett, I think that's a, that's a very accurate statement there too. I mean, I would never begrudge anybody leaving a center to go to a center that has the competition they need to get better. At yeah, the end of the day, we just want everybody to get better and, and get what they want with the programs. And if, if we're not able to do that, then if you could find that somewhere else, then we're more than happy to see that happen for sure. Yeah, that's right. And to, to follow up on that, do you guys see that in the adult ranks, um, people jumping to, like, say, other Super Leagues at other centers and stuff like that? Um, just to put a story to it, so when I first came out of YBC, I joined um, a league up at Collingwood Lanes. On Sunday nights, it was kind of the competitive league. I played there for a couple of years, and then I jumped to the Bonnie Dune Wednesday Match League. Played there for over a decade, I'm sure, and then um, that kind of fell through. And played in Red Deer for a few years, and then ended up joining um, just a Thursday Fun League up in Sherwood. But do you guys get that a lot? Uh, people jumping from Super League to Super League? Yeah, I I yeah. think so. I, I, you know what? Um, yeah, I, I think centers do that. I think centers can push that. There's no doubt mm -hmm. about that. Uh, I remember uh, it wasn't so much. Um, I can say this now, maybe because Collingwood's not around. But I, I, I remember when the Tuesday night match play was around. Um, I, 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 John was trying to kill Bo uh, Bonnie Dunes Tuesday. I remember that. Um, I remember that was kind of the go ongoing thing. Um, but, I, or at least I remember from speaking through Martin on that. Um, but as for like, I, I just think if, if you are, have pride in your center and, and you, and if you're running a good program, the bowlers would come there at, at a point. And, uh, I don't, I don't think the bowlers would go to the center that will support them, I think at the end of the day. Um, but I do see bowlers fluctuating to different centers at certain times in their career. For sure. I can see that. That's mm -hmm. fine. Is yeah. there multiple super leagues um, in Regina right now? Um, I'd say so. Yes, uh, yeah. there's the one on Monday nights at the Golden Mile. Um, there's a men's league on Wednesday nights at the Glen Cairn. Um, other than that, I don't think there's really too many more of the bigger competitive leagues. I know back in the day there was Monday night leagues on. Uh, on uh, the Golden Mile, and then there was a Thursday night league at the uh, at the Bolarama with Dave. Um, Wednesday night there used to be a league at the Nortown uh, that was competitive, but uh, as people got older, and and uh, I don't know if it was a thing about keeping competitive, or people didn't think they could still be competitive. But some of them uh, did did die out and just didn't have enough uh, people there, or maybe things got stagnant and people wanted a, a change and went to different leagues. But for whatever reasons, um, obviously changes good thing a lot of times. And and if uh, if we need to make changes, definitely do it so that it keeps things fresh and and people uh, competitive and and wanting to be there. Well, I think that's kind of what happened to the Bonnie Dune match play league right on Wednesday nights. It kind of, it got stagnant. People 
it was the same thing. It was super competitive. Don't get me wrong, but it was just mm-hmm. the same thing every year. The same teams. It's, there was some flip flopping because there was a cap level and stuff like that. But it was it was mainly the same thing all the time. And especially when their scoring went through the roof, it got uh, a lot of people it. didn't didn't enjoy seeing ten baggers shot all the time and stuff like yeah. that. They it got boring real fast, and mm-hmm. I think that's what killed the league. But yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, we can probably, Carrie and I and Dex and everybody can probably say that. And probably you guys all out there say, oh, Bonnie Dune scoring this. It probably killed that Super League. It's funny because I'm, I'm also sitting here saying, I'd fucking love to see 10 beggars all day long. Let's go. No, right? It, it, I wasn't in it. Not, when, yeah, not, when, you're paying, not yeah. when you're paying like well, $35, $40 a week yeah, and yeah. you're getting smoked because you threw one head pin. Yeah, yeah, and then it was, and, it, it and was actually like, up first. Yeah, yeah, wow, and then yeah. people would melt down and put holes through walls, and <laughs> like it was like a continual thing where, like, I don't know, like honestly, I'm a pretty easygoing guy, and like I, I started to hate going to Wednesday match, and and you know, I used to absolutely love that league. You're just waiting for somebody to blow up, and it was always the same garbage, <laughs> yeah. and I spent all yeah. my time like drinking and throwing loonies against a wall from like entertainment value. So yeah. yeah, so, yeah. It, I always it was, loved the league, the but at some point you've got to decide whether it's worth the money. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah I, I find with stuff like that too, like um, for instance, like for the uh, Regina cash tournament there for a couple years when the cut was what? 2311 or or something wow. stupid like that for a couple Thank years. You. Just yeah, yeah twenty two ninety, twenty two eighty. Like you don't get any of the up and coming bowlers wanting to come out because it's just like, what's the point? I can't yeah. compete with that. Like, and if people don't have confidence, it doesn't make it fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, but I mean, you're also the same one who'd only play the one shift, take consolation, and run up both sides right so <laughs> i mean so, so so realistically i mean yeah yeah I, w- I wasn't feeling all that great uh in in the qualifying that year and <laughs> yeah let's talk about that what was that yeah, that I, was 2015 yeah. regina yeah and you yeah, only bowled was, one shift i bowled one shift um i almost wasn't <laughs> <laughs> i i almost wasn't uh going to bowl the the tournament and and i ended up uh playing the one shift because I, I wasn't feeling all that great that weekend and i i think it was i think i played the saturday morning shift and uh and people were like okay well you should probably play the afternoon shift just in case you don't make it or i was like if I play the afternoon shift, I'm going to have nothing left for consolation if if I make consolation. So <laughs> it was like, okay, well, I'll play consolation if I have to. And then something clicked in consolation. And after that, it was it was like I couldn't do anything wrong. Yeah. What what What's consolation format again? Is it three games? Uh, it's three yeah. games, total pinfall. Um, and I think I beat, I beat Derek Gall by, what was it? 10 or 15, I think. I, I had like 10, 10.30 or 10.50 or something. Basically, Derek had a career game and you just bowled your average. And, <laughs> and <laughs> poor, poor goal, right? But 
yeah. 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 No, it, it came down to the last couple frames. Like we were both coming home with, with, uh, with good scores and, and it just came down to one break over not getting one from for him. So yeah, no, it was, it was, it was very competitive in that. And then yes, Sunday, like it was, I've never bowled that good ever. Um, it was, it was unbelievable. Like, but I think the one thing that made it possible for me to, to go like that was because of how good I was bowling in the first few matches and, and finishing people off with like two or three frames into the third game and getting that break. Like if I don't get those breaks um, from what I've learned over the past um, of not being able to make it deep into tournaments was, was keeping my energy up and everything. Like uh, I noticed after that tournament, um, I kind of just took a step back and, and uh, tried to think about what I did differently in that tournament compared to other ones for, for getting the results. And the biggest thing that I noticed was I kept eating and I kept my, uh, my energy up and I didn't let myself drain. Uh, whereas in the past, I, I realized that once I realized I was starting to get hungry over because I, I didn't have the amount enough time to get into uh into eating and and getting that energy back by the time i'd get the energy back i've already lost my match and get, got kicked out and now i've got energy so uh, let's um, uh, let's talk yeah. about the photo Where, what was this photo uh, okay so this is <laughs> this photo is at the end of the end of the tournament um i think if i remember correctly uh, while well, I was bowling Gino that last match, I believe I threw a seven bagger to start the third game. Um, but in the th second or third frame or something, Gino stuck and fouled. So that's that's the outline of him laying on the lane after he fouled. <laughs> wow. I, I love that they nailed the shape of his head. Yeah, that... that it might that be a little perfect. small. <laughs> the buzz got on top. Um, uh, that, if people don't know, that's the the day that Gino's Facebook page first started too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a really good point there, Brad, about just eating. Uh, and I, I think it's overlooked a lot in, the, in mm -hmm. our sport. Uh, and there's lots of people like, Tim, you're one. You won't eat. Um, Weber, Weber won't eat. If I don't like continually sort of graze and snack partway through, I'm the same. I I, I went yeah. up both sides at Scottsdale one year, and I got to the fours on both sides, and mm -hmm. uh, that was 2010. And I like all of a sudden just hit a wall where I felt yeah. awful, and I hadn't mm -hmm. I hadn't eaten all day, and I was just like, holy crap! I couldn't tell whether I was going to throw up or like pass out on the lanes, and and then that I mean, obviously the tournament goes sideways after that. Uh, it's. Uh, I think that's a really important thing to focus on for most people. Uh, now, when you're talking about eating, what are you, what are you eating, Brad? Do you remember what you had that day? Are we talking, you know, an egg McMuffin and then a slice of pizza and then you know a burger later on, or or were we dialed in on the health routine? Uh, yeah, the health routine consisted of a lot of hot dogs. I think it was. 
<laughs> probably a few pieces of pizza in there too so um okay. yeah it was it was feeling really good that was the setup for you to be tell, of- tell everybody out there that you got to eat healthy you got to have a good breakfast you have to have nuts yeah. and grains and bananas and oranges tom patterson's yeah, make- rolling over right now listening to this and be like what are you talking about hot dogs and yeah, pizza make, make make sure you're eating your salads and and uh, <laughs> and your almonds and and whatever yeah. your protein shakes are that's yeah. that's going to keep you going <laughs> we'll cut out the first part of that <laughs> yeah. no i just i just skipped straight to the straight to the hot dogs and the pizza but that tournament you ran both sides now like you yeah um did you like literally run both sides all the way to the end yeah yeah i ran both sides all the way to the end so i didn't well i guess i could have played myself in the last match and thrown six games there but i probably would have been a little bit more tired <laughs> yeah um who were the uh who were the semi matches do you remember who you played i played i played gino on the one side and who was the other one was it dexter or was no. it tim no i i've never been that good okay it, no. it wasn't me uh, no i wasn't i i don't think i was there that year honestly I was there. No, that was. Oh, were you boycotting it for, for those few that years was before Dexter yeah. was going to blow a grand a weekend? Yeah. Um, I can't. I don't know. I can't remember who who the other one was. You know what? I'll I'll take the time and I'll look it up for you guys. Yeah, I just okay. didn't know if you maybe lost one in the semifinal or something, but that's awesome that you went both ways. Now uh, I. Yeah. No. No. Yeah, when I, you I get ran both. Yeah, when you get to the end and you, you know, that's last match semifinal, do you remember how, mm-hmm. was it another one of those over after the second game scenarios? Um, or did it come the, right down to it? And obviously once you won, you won the tournament. It was over, right? Yeah, so I played Gino my, in the second semifinal. Okay. And, uh, and I think we got to the seventh frame and then it was, it was over. Um, in, in that, right. Nice. In the third game, uh, in the other semifinal, I want to say we got to the f- fifth frame, maybe sixth frame. Mm-hmm. But I, I remember like a lot of the matches. I, I'm pretty sure most of them. I only went to uh, only went to like three, four frames into the third game, nice. just because of how how big of a lead I had going into the, into that last one. Right. That's awesome. So you're likely average. It'd be cool to see some stats from that, uh, that day. If there were, you know, 300 averages and, and what it was. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> I, I can't remember what the averages were, but I'm pretty sure it was, uh, it was pretty high. It, it would have been mm-hmm. close to 300 if, if we had finished games and stuff. And yeah. if I remember correctly, looking, I, I looked back at this stuff a week or two after the tournament was done. And uh, yeah, it might have been Bursic, you guys. <laughs> For our audio listeners, it was uh, Mike Bursic he played on the A side. Yeah. Talk about him already. Yeah. So, uh, so, but I, it I'm wasn't even sure close either. <laughs> when I looked back at some of those matches, like if we would have finished some of those games, I'm pretty sure I would have thrown like four or five four hundreds that day. Like it, that. That's how good I was bowling. Awesome. Um, well, so, I mean, your match against Bursic, you had 799 and he had 663. So, you beat him by 130. There's no way you were even close to done that match at that point. 
You probably mm-hmm. had five frames left, right? Four to Pro- five frames left. Probably. So yeah. now, Brad, I mean, this that wasn't your that was your first final in the Regina Classic, right? And then a few mm-hmm. years later, you made a couple of other finals. Yeah. Uh, so the yeah this the year after that one, I made the final and and lost to Len by one when he shot aces on his last ball. Yeah. <laughs> I know was, Lenny, Lenny's rehabbing, but we can say that. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I was disappointed at, during yeah. the during the tournament, but like the way I've looked at this the past, I don't know how many years. Um, it's a game; like things can happen. You're not going to win things all the time. Uh, if if you think you're going to win every single time, obviously that's the goal. Um, but you're going to get pretty mad and disappointed pretty quickly um, if if you think you're going to win every single time and throw strikes every single ball. Yeah, right. Um, I I guess I can probably ask you about that. I mean, um, I got to know this a little bit when we were in Saskatoon bowling school together. Yeah, uh, we we're around pros. You you don't watch anybody bowl, right? No. Um, so for you to watch the final frame, I mean, it's, I guess it's cliche for a lot of people to say, yeah. oh, I didn't watch it. But I mean, you physically don't watch anybody bowl. So how, how do you know where you got, you were exactly in that match or in a match, I guess? Um, well, I, I've got a good idea from just listening to, to how pins react and stuff like that and how the other person's reacting. Um, but, uh, and then, like, also how the crowd reacts to. Uh, I can see here I've got one, two, three, four uh, opens. I think this one's a head pin. Yeah, there we go. And then I'm pretty sure my last frame was a head pin as well, if I remember correctly. Um, it looks like a three pin. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Pretty I, close. He, oh, your last, uh, your tenth frame. frame. Yeah, my tenth frame. Pins, yeah. Um, yeah. So... Uh, but uh, yeah, like a lot of times, just from people's reactions, uh, I found watching scores, I was putting too much pressure on myself. Like the goal is always the same. You want to hit the middle, give yourself a chance at getting a strike, right? Um, just keep it simple. Try to try to ease as much as you can off of yourself, and and just try to p- play something that <laughs> is going to give you a an an option of of scoring well or getting a good result. Um, so yeah, like there's, there's been a lot of times where I don't have a clue what the score is going into the last frame um, in provincial tournaments or whatever. And, and like people are like, well, how come you're acting like that or this? It's like, well, I don't watch the score. Like I'm going to bowl as hard as I can and throw as much as I can until the very end. I'm not going to try to, just say, okay, well, I've got this much of a lead in, in this tournament that um, you're going to let somebody else back into it. Like you, when, when you get to a competitive uh, situation, you just can't do that. And over the past, I've, I've done that in the past, and I've, I've learned from it to, to try not to do it again. So does somebody, does somebody tell you where you're at then um, on, on a team, or how do you know when your match is finished? Well, I know. Well, I mean, match. most most times somebody shakes your hand, like, like, like in, in the twenty third frame, or <laughs> <laughs> you, 
usually in in provincial tournaments and stuff like that it's the 10th frame finishes tim i don't know if you've you figured out I'm 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 usually on the bench, but you know that's oh like, oh okay. I yeah. I see I see where the the gap in in knowledge here is now. <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's been times where where a coach will will kind of give give me a tap on the back and say, okay, like we've got this or or whatever. But um, for the for the most part, it's it's once the game's over and I look up is when, when I actually see what the score is. I've got a pretty good idea of what I have, but for my competitor competition, I likely can't tell you what they've got for a score. Wow. Um, that's, uh, that, that's tough to do, especially with the computers right there, how easy it is to keep your oh, eyes, yeah. how hard it is to keep your eyes away from just taking a quick glance, just a, a very quick yeah. one. Like mm -hmm. no, I have yeah. no desire. I mean, are you counting the score in your head? Like you have an idea? Okay, I, he obviously threw two balls, so he probably spared it up, and it sounded like a corner pin, so that's probably a twenty-eight count, and another twenty. Like, are you are you rain manning it like D Doug Clark says, and you, you kind of know, <laughs> or are you really just going in? You know what I mean? Sub subconsciously, maybe. Um, being an engineer, I've, I've, I'm really good with numbers and everything, so yeah, subconsciously, I might know what their score is but like if somebody asked me what your competitor has like i probably wouldn't be able to rattle right. off a number i might be close but what what really impresses me is that you're able to create like maintain such a high level of intensity without knowing the score knowing what's on the line at all times the like win. for me like you know mm -hmm. I, i'm i'm pretty calm i'm pretty calm and then in important shots I get like really amped up and you're just yeah. amped up. Like you just, yeah. you just do it. And there's, there's a few things that like about you that just, that just doesn't like match you. Like your voice does not match your body and <laughs> for, for no. one. And, uh, and two, like you're the most like calm, like chill person I think I've ever met. And like, and then you get on the lanes and you are like incredibly intense. I love it. It's awesome. Yeah. So I guess, Brad, the other thing is, like, I know um, a lot of people I played with or been around and are uh, bold against, I think you have one of the best mental games out there. Mm -hmm. um, maybe, you. yeah, I guess that's a, a compliment, I guess, for you, bud. <laughs> but, but uh, after you slam me. Um, but, but, but what do you uh, – maybe explain, uh, explain to me your towel routine and, and your visualization out there. I mean, I know you pick out, like, a – a look like a you look at a piece of thing on the floor or a piece of tile or or that out there like what what are you what are you thinking out there or what explain to our viewers what your your thought process is out there yeah so um basically i'm just trying to think about nothing um i'm not trying to think about what i want to do next or or what my competitors doing or anything it's it's more or less trying to clear my head keep calm um just stay in a relaxed state so that I'm not not super tense or or not uh, trying to amp myself up too much or or stay down too low. Um, the towel routine, uh, to be honest, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's probably weird. Um, some people may or may not know this, but yeah, for the for the longest time, um, Steve Peter would know this, and my brother John would know this, but uh, for the longest time. Uh, if my hands were cold, 
um, people knew I was just going to have a good day uh, on the bowling lanes. And now, for whatever reason, I my hands sweat profusely. Uh, I have to dry my hands on the on the air. I have to use my towel to to wipe my hands off. And I think over the last few years, um, just playing with the towel and like making sure that my hands are are not not going to be wet when I get get up on the lanes is is more or less why, why I do it. Uh, Don Salmon knows from experience at nationals with the high fives and everything. He, he's he's mentioned a couple times he should probably be wearing a, a face guard or something like that so that so that he doesn't get sprayed. But he's uh, he's, uh, he's he's in the splash zone of your high fives. Wow. Yeah. He, yeah. Sometimes he's in the that splash quick, zone. After you throw a ball, they're already super like moist. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. It's uh, it's crazy. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know what changed. Like it. It. Bowling must turn you on, buddy. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. One one year it was COVID like, is probably good for you and your teammates because they don't have to high five. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> so but, uh, that's yeah, the routine so, is you have soaked towels uh, by the end yeah. of the game. So you go through a few in a night, are you in a tur- tournament? Yeah, in a tournament I'll go through a couple. Um, <laughs> I'll have to. I'll definitely have to make sure that if it's a multi-day tournament, it they get set out to to dry. But, uh, but yeah, no. No. but you but, but you fold them. You have the folding routine. Yeah, it's a weird. I don't know. It's it's. I don't know folds if you it call in it half like four times and then flips it open, folds it yeah, like four it, times, yeah. and is it on the lane behind them? What I, do you mean? I, I don't know. Like it's like I like so. It's like a tea towel or like a hand towel or whatever, right? So, like, it gets folded in half, like, the long way once, and then it gets folded in half the long way again, and then, like, the edges get, like, bent back, and it gets folded in half, and I don't know. Like it... <laughs> and then you lay it down nicely on the, on the ball return? Yeah, and, then it, and when it's my turn, it gets set up on the ball return, and I don't know. It's I don't know if you just call it a ner- nervous tick. <laughs> There's something the cameras are going to be looking for this at the next tournament month. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. We'll be dialing in so we can go back and add some, <laughs> some video. <laughs> yeah. But it's, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just a routine that I've gotten into in, in some of these tournaments and for whatever reason, it's worked well to, to keep me balanced and <laughs> a large beach towel. Yeah. I won't get <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll need to put that into the dryer, not just hang it up. <laughs> I imagine it does a good job of like just you know keeping your head on the same position at all times. You yeah. know, you're, you're focusing on something else other than bowling. You're not. Uh, I mean, another way to distract you from watching what other people are doing too. Just yep. constantly just doing something else with your brain and your hands. Mm-hmm. You get it. Our, our chat, our chat has gone off the rails here. Yeah, uh, yeah. Can you guys get get back on track here? Help yeah, us out with the conversation. Um, let's go back to some bowling tournaments and maybe talk C five and Masters and some of those um, accomplishments, Brad, that you've had. So, sure. uh, first C five Open um, Nationals. Do you remember that? I think what year was that one? That would have been, so I finished bowling YBC in 2005. The first year playing the Open was 2006. Um, There was myself, uh, Jeff Hibner, Curtis Klempner, 
Dave Urich. Let's see here. So Dave, Curtis, myself, Jeff, uh, Dwayne Chabanek, and who the heck was the other one? I can't remember who the sixth guy was on that team. But we went to uh, we went to Newfoundland that year actually. So hmm. oh, <laughs> first, nice. first, National. first nationals was crazy out in Newfoundland. Uh, we didn't have we didn't have a great result, but uh, it was definitely a good experience. And and I think Doug McCaw. Okay, no, it wasn't Pambrun. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was... Lynn had a good question there. Lynn, good, good question. We'll ask that a little bit later on because it totally comes in uh, later on. Thanks. So, yeah, so nationals um, in Newfoundland so, for so nationals in Newfoundland. It was it was interesting because uh, we didn't have a good result. Like we had a lot of fun and everything, um, but I think being my first adult tournament. And obviously understanding what goes on in leagues with adults and everything and, and the competitive side of where it's like, okay, I know all these people. Um, I know what their capabilities are. Like going to a national like that and seeing people from other provinces and, and not really being part of that before was, was interesting because like anytime you look around any of these tournaments, like you see seven, eight, nine baggers all the time. And it's like, oh man, like I know I can do that, but like it's it's all around me like yeah. it doesn't matter who, who the people are like i don't know who this guy is from ontario i don't know who that guy is from quebec like and they just come up against you and doesn't matter who you are they're going to shoot the lights out just like the way that you're expecting to yeah um, it's a different experience when you go from being right at the top of the heap to you know all of a sudden you get thrown into the open nationals or something like that yeah. and all of a sudden everybody's kind of on the same playing field Mm -hmm. um, it's a it's a big adjustment from YBC to that because it is. there are there YBC you could definitely be on the top of the heap and and yeah. still have mm -hmm. a, a gap between the teams below sometimes but uh, yes. not not for this for sure no and the one of the biggest things I think I realized at that tournament was I, I threw six bagger or something the one match but the same match I'm playing the guy and he's he didn't start with how good I did, but he finished just as good as I started. And it's like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like everybody's at that same level and, and you don't have those big gaps. Like you said, Dexter in, in YBC where you might have one team that you're competing against as opposed to actually 10 teams and, mm -hmm. and you can't let your guard down. Um, do you remember like where would you have played in a lineup as, as your first team and going to nationals? You been an anchor, or did you have a preference um, on where you played on the teams? I don't remember having a preference. I'm pretty sure I played kind of in the middle, um, just being a younger, younger. a younger yeah, person perfect. out of straight out of YBC. Um, obviously, without any real adult experience leading a team yeah. or or finishing a team. Um, but I've I've never really had that. Uh, that mentality of I have to play in this position. I've, I've left it up to the coaches to, to make that decision for me and, and I'll play to the best of my capabilities. I can. How, how was it? How was it playing with Dave? I mean, he, you're saying that he was one of your close family friends. Yeah. He's, he's something else. Like <laughs> he's one of the people that can party like nobody's business. It doesn't matter what time he goes to bed at. And, I don't know how many times 
I've seen them get up after, <laughs> I don't know, like one or two hours of sleep and going out and, and shooting a 300 average. The guy, like, when he was competing, he was unbelievable for for being able to get focused and, and just execute. Do you have a favorite spot to play in the lineup? Like, if you had your preference, would you want to be, you know, Lonnie says you kicked his ass a few times and lead off, but... Um... Yeah, uh, I like lead off. Um, I'm able to, to kind of... I don't want to say set the tone, but like let the team know, like we're ready to go kind of thing. Like, let's, let's do this. Um, but then again, like in probably the last three or four years that I've competed on teams and stuff like that, like I've played a lot of anchor as well. And it's, it's a different, I wouldn't say a different mindset. Like you're still, you're still trying to play, as as uh, hard as you can but um definitely uh you've got a different role in the different spots usually is what i found like lead off you're trying to you're trying to get things going anchor you could either be trying to to finish something off or trying to get something going for next frame or or whatever so it's depending on the situation in the game it's uh, it's definitely um definitely something something different and right. yeah like like john says there like highest middle hit percentage should be lead off for sure like maybe that's why i i've enjoyed lead off so much is because like i've i've been i track my my stats and leagues and and some tournaments with uh with the apps on the phone and stuff and like my my hit percentage is anywhere from 89 to 93 percent usually in a year so Mm -hmm. So, um, giving, sorry, go ahead, Tom. How how do you track it if you don't watch your score? Do you ask for a print off at the end of the night? No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honest question. Yeah, it's an honest question. In in league, in league, I just put it into my phone and then put my phone down and don't worry about it. Um, But also doing that, like, obviously, I'm going to see the score and see what I'm doing, but. In in tournaments, if if I want some if I want my scores tracked in tournaments, I'll uh, I'll ask somebody else to to watch it for me. That's a yeah. big thing for learning afterwards. You had said earlier about you know you look back at your scores a couple weeks later, or you know for you to mm-hmm. say that you you track them in the leagues and you're eighty nine and ninety three percent. You know probably pretty rare people are tracking it to that detail throughout the course of the year. Mm-hmm. Maybe more so now. I think you know bowling yeah. and you know, apps or stats or people wanting to learn more. So it'd be, you know, who else do you guys track your stats that much? Tim, Dex, Gary? So I'm going to, I'm going to go on a little bit of my own little personal rant here. Um, and <laughs> uh, Carrie's all about stats and I totally get it. And I think that that's something super important for our game going forward, especially for like tracking at uh, WCBT levels and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Just, just for production side of things, but um, on a personal level, um, I don't think people should track stats unless they're doing it for a specific reason, and that's practice. Um, I've watched a lot of people sit there and use those apps and sit there and go through it, and, oh, man, you know, I was I was 40% on left corner spares. I've been 40% on left corner spares all year. I'm like, okay, well, that that's good to know. 
yeah, right. Uh, that that's good to know. What do you, what are you doing about that? Are you using those stats to go? It's like okay, this is a weak point in my game, and I'm going to go out and I'm going to practice that and make myself better at that. Or are you just looking at those stats, being like, I'm bad at left corners, and then if you do nothing about that, all that's doing is just reaffirming that you're bad at left corners, and now you're going to get worse at it because you're going yeah, up well, and being like, I'm bad mm-hmm. at left corners. You know, yeah. so um, my my rant is: if you're going to keep stats, keep stats so that you go out and you work on the things that you need to work on. Otherwise, don't don't mentally screw yourself more than than uh, we already all are. Yeah, yeah, because like before some tournaments, like a month before the tournaments, while I'm tracking stats, I'll I'll look back at the stats for what I've got for the year for the for the previous year and stuff like that, and see see where my lowest um, lowest percentages are. And then yeah, I'll I'll focus on on making those spares or or whatever shots I have to make to to try to sharpen up my my skills coming into the tournament or whatever. So I found it I found it beneficial that way. How many different Absolutely. stats are you tracking? Um well the the app that I've got on my phone, um, it tracks uh middle hits, it tracks hits to the left of the head pin, hits to the right of head pin on the first ball. It tracks all of the spares, so um, so I'll know. I can tell um, how many left corners I've missed or how many chops I've missed and stuff like that. So typically, just from knowing my game for however many years, usually it's my chop offs that I have to work on, um, and just just a lot of repetitive throwing at the left two three or the right two three to to kind of find my line. No. Where's this app? Is this available on the Apple, uh, the App Store, or you want to send this over to the the Five Pin yeah, Universe? Let's have a little investigation of this app. It's it's available on the. Well, I'm I'm Android, so you guys can can boo me all you want, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's a it's it's a free app on 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 uh, Google Play that um, that I've been using. Uh, let's see what it's, it's called. The bowling here. Companion, isn't it? Yeah, it's the Bowling Companion app. So I believe I believe a person uh, J- Joseph out of Ontario built it. I'm pretty sure, and yeah, Joseph Roke. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know. It's been it's been really good. I've I've really enjoyed it over the past years, and I can keep track of what my what my average is for a year, um, and going year to year and everything. It can keep it can keep cumulative average for for over the years. Um, yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. That's, so, that's pretty in-depth. I like the idea of knowing them, but I don't like the idea of doing all the work to put it all in, to track it all, and to overstudy it. I like to be like, oh, that'd be cool yeah. at the end of the year to be able to look at my stats. But mm-hmm. I don't want exactly. to hurt myself to to try to find it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, don't wanna, I don't want to do that either. J- JP hacked into our into our system and and he, and he uh, he figured it out for me one day. So I mean, that's perfect. Thank you, JB. Um, but. You mean, but like sure. in your yeah. computer system at the lanes you can? Well, then, come on. Let's get that info out there. Let's it'll, send it out. It'll, it'll cost you $50 at a time. We're we're in COVID here. It's going to cost you some money there, bud. So. <laughs> not, yeah. None of those stats are left. It only stays for three months. Yeah, it only does three months at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, you can print them off in every quarter then. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, pretty well. Yep. Yeah. There you go. If you add an extra 50 bucks to the league, league fees in a year to know my stats at the yeah. end of the year, sign, yeah. Yeah. sign me up. Yeah. yeah, I just love that. Yeah, no problem, buddy. 
Um, so I kind of want to go on like a tangent to what Dexter was saying, his rant about um, people keeping stats and not using it properly or mm-hmm. what, what the intention is. So from a production side of things, what sport do you watch that you don't care about the stats? The stats are kind of the biggest portion of the sport almost like baseball. Like they have a million stats. They know what the guy did on a Tuesday of an off year, right? Like, um, so that's what five pin bowling is missing. Like you go to watch a finals or the WCBT finals. And right now we have no idea. Like Brad said, he's usually above 90% middle hit percentage. Well, that's a pretty cool stat that would be on there that the audience can engage and be like, okay, nine out of 10 times, this guy's hit in the middle and maybe six out of times, 10 times he's hit in the right pocket. Like, uh-huh. Those are such cool stats, and that's how you engage mm-hmm. an audience when they know the player by reading stats, essentially. Because, yeah. like, let's face it, uh, Canada is such a diverse and wide region that there's a lot of players that don't know who Brad Mowens is, even though he's one of the best players there is. They don't know who he is, but if they had a list of stats on the page, when they go to see him, they go, like, oh, he's pretty good pretty good player i'll watch him and stuff like that it, it's something that's missing in our sport and especially on the competitive side of things and we've put a lot of work to try and get that stuff going and it, it amazes me that these programs that have been like millions of dollars put into them to design to count pinfall don't pump that out <laughs> like yeah. that seems like such a such an easy thing but especially when they export uh, excel right um, you, yeah. you would think it'd just be just an easy stats thing with it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not so worried just about like my <laughs> individual stats. I'm more worried about for the production side of things. But yeah, yeah, yeah I hear you. Yeah, well, well said there, Brett. <laughs> so, what other, so what other sports you asked there, Carrie, um, are not very stat heavy or are very stat heavy. You had asked that like, all, or do you watch are. and you don't need to know the stats, right? They all aren't. Yeah, they all they are. are. Like even, even like seriously, like let's go straight like from Canadian sports. Lacrosse has tons of stats on all their games. So does curling. Curling has mm-hmm. draw percentages and like how, how do we not have a stat stat database? Like that's, I don't know. Yeah, and, I don't know. And, and for and, people and, not to push it all these years is mind blowing. Curling, yeah. I mean, curling's boring to watch, and and you know, and it has a ton of viewers and a ton of sponsorship, right? So there's but that, a reason. But that's why. the best thing about curling, Tim. Like, you could have no clue who it is. You could be watching and be like, "This guy draws to the button sixty eight percent of the time," and then when he blows through the house, you can cheer. They sucks and all that. Stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, that's yeah. that's awesome. That's that's yeah. the whole point. Is well, some history. Four percent that he missed it. Yeah, I'm I'm watching the guys from Northwest Territories saying, "Oh, he's fifty percent draw away." He's like, "Man, I could do that." Yeah, I, <laughs> okay. I, I hear you totally. You, you look at that stuff. I'm a natural athlete, right? You know, you know, it's it's all good. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, back on topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Brad, uh, 2007, you won your first C5 Nationals. Yeah. Um, uh, you had actually had a pretty stacked team there. Um, mm-hmm. I was looking at it. Uh, you had Kevin Clark, you had Doug Clark, you had a C5 Hall of Fame member, Doug McCaw, mm-hmm. uh, your childhood friend, Steve Peters, with Jeff Hibner. 
Uh-huh. And you had oh, Warren Fleischaker as coach. Yeah. Um, yeah, Warren, me and Destin knew Warren. He actually, I know he's chatting on here. He can talk about his uh, 2013 knocking off the towel dispenser in Newfoundland. That was a different story. <laughs> um, but uh, how, how was that national championship? That was quite the feat there. It was, yeah. Um, it was different for me. Uh, a lot of people probably don't know this, but uh, during qualifying, I didn't actually make a team that year. I was the alternate. Oh. And um, and one of the guys had to pull out, and there was a little controversy over who got onto the men's team because of that. And it turned out that I was the alternate, so instead of uh, one of the people coming up from the mixed team, it was the alternate that went straight to the to the men's team. So it was it was definitely weird um a weird feeling because obviously you can compete to make it in there and but you don't and then it's like okay i'm done you don't really expect that you're gonna come or get put onto a team because obviously that means somebody's been hurt or whatever uh or doesn't have the capabilities to compete anymore and it was it was just a weird vibe for a while but after a few practices like obviously knowing everybody uh, really well. Um, we gelled really well and, and uh, through our work ethic and, and uh, team, team bonding, we were, were able to put together a really good tournament that year. Um, I think if I remember correctly, the second, the second day, um, I sh- for a Canadian open, I shot a, high six game block of 1901 for the, for the national uh, uh, record at the Canadian open that year. Uh, Yes, actually you started a game. Yeah. Yeah. 248, 326, 318, 328, 337 and 344. Yeah. 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 Wow. That, that, that day was crazy. Like I just couldn't miss. It was, it was one of those days where, everybody like all of you guys know what it's like when you've got this spot that's 10 boards wide and you could dump it or you could throw it out as far as you want and and you know it's just going to be a strike like it was it was just one of those days where it was it was surreal like it i don't know it was it was just awesome remember who you played then in the stepladder were you top qualifying team uh, were we top qualifying team? Yes, we were. I believe. I think we. It was either a tie or we won by one point or something. If I remember I, correctly, I have it all right here because I knew Brad said he doesn't remember anything, so I brought it up. No, I, I'm not like <laughs> I'm not like Joel who can recite. <laughs> so actually, the top the top four teams that year were super tight uh, between first and fourth. Uh, was only a three-point difference. Mm-hmm. Um, Saskatchewan, 102.5. Newfoundland, 101. Northern Ontario, I had 100. And BC had 99.5. Wow. Um, Where was Alberta? What the uh, heck? Well, well, Adam Weber was actually, Adam's listening to the podcast. He was more worried about winning his singles, it looks like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the the Miss team was seventh. Um, but... Uh, uh Calgary, Calgary? uh it was Calgary yeah. yeah you know how that works um but anyways they ended up being uh B- 
BC, uh, you lost your first match, I guess, in double knockouts to BC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you won your second one. And that BC team had uh, Mike Warren on it. A big surprise, mm-hmm. right? So Mike always gets silver. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. <Well, laughs> I saw that. <laughs> Good. He's listening. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You beat yeah, beat BC. Hey, year. Scott. Scotty's leaving. We better give a shout out to his Bucks, uh, his Tampa Bay Bucks. I know he'd like that. And all of us bandwagon jumpers <laughs> who jumped aboard the Tom Brady, you know, seventh ring. That's uh, you know, he wasn't happy about us jumping aboard, but we came on board with you, buddy. We helped the Bucks get through the the Super Bowl, and it looks like they had a good party today too. Yeah, Tom Brady yeah. tossing that Super Bowl trophy across from boat to boat, it looked like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I felt see bad. walking off the boat when he was getting held. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. avocado tequila. Yeah. Yeah, anyways, there's, there's Scotty's chirp. There you go, Scotty. Go Bucks. Um, but, Brad, who uh, the champion's room sounded like was pretty fun. You, that mem- Adam, yeah. Adam yeah. was giving a shove. Yeah, if, when is it if not? I remember, if I remember correctly um halfway through it they had to go get more alcohol because all of it was gone now, now was this before or after you quit drinking this was before wow. this was the year before okay so you had some fun yeah um <laughs> yeah so yeah we had some fun uh steve peter let us out after the after the champions room and um he didn't really get the memo that of, of how he was supposed to come out. He just came out and uh, did his own thing. And we, the rest of us did the right thing. And he kind of just did whatever he felt like doing. <laughs> Which was? Uh, well, he was supposed to follow the Piper and he kind of just wanted to go into the middle of the room and, and have the spotlight on himself, I think. That's not- <laughs> <laughs> but we awesome. we did we did corral him and get him back to the right spot and and make sure that he was he was looked after. But uh, that was it was dodgy getting in there. <laughs> oh man! Um, let's go to the 2011. You played the Masters. Um, mm-hmm. Did you play the Masters lots um, and just not the success, or was it just sort of a few and um, far between? I had played the Masters a few times. I believe this was either my second or third time playing. Um, I had made nationals the one year in Saskatoon. Um, and then there was a year that I didn't make it. And I, I It must have been the third year I played it then. Um, and Tom Patterson was in the lead going into the second half of our tournament. So we do it a little bit differently than some of the other provinces. It's four tournaments here. And then you take your, your top three tournaments, uh, to be singles, you have to bowl all four. Uh, you can't sit out one. Um, so Tom had a fairly sizable lead, um, after the Saskatoon, two Saskatoon tournaments. And then I bowled very well to make up a lot of ground on the first day of the back-to-back tournaments. And then, I bowled really well and took over uh, first place for, for that uh, year. Um, and then it was weird because if I remember correctly, there wasn't a whole lot of Regina people on a team 
for men. So, uh, so it was myself. And then there was a few people from the uh, teaching team that were going to nationals from Regina. So I had, um, bowled with some of those guys, uh, for practices and stuff. And it was weird. Like I bowled weekly with them. And I think my highest game in the practicing was maybe two thirty. Um, and then, but then like I'd practice by myself and just shoot pins. I wouldn't play any other games, uh, but for probably the two or three months it was between provincials and, or the playoff downs to get to your qualifying to go to nationals um, for three months, like every game I bowled, I didn't shoot over 230. So <laughs> like obviously averaging 260, 270 in the tournaments that that could be seen as uh a downer but um i kind of took it as just putting in reps uh making sure that i'm my timing is good and and if i if i put the time in then obviously i should be able to trust my game once i get to where i need to get to um and then so yeah that was it was interesting getting to nationals after we had qualified uh, once we got there um i bowled with julie berg or no, sorry, Lindsay Berg from Saskatoon um, as a single as well. And I believe she also won singles that year. Um, she played uh, the Quebec lady in the final, I think it was. And and I'm pretty sure she won that year too. Um, but it was it was a different experience because I had played the cash tournaments and stuff, but obviously that's a little bit different. And um, this was really my first singles nationals experience where I kind of proved to myself and probably to some of the other people out there watching that have seen me compete, but have never really amounted to a whole heck of a lot on the single side. It's always been a team thing. And I think it was just very gratifying knowing that I could do something like compete like this by myself at the highest level and, and show people that I wasn't out of place kind of thing, even though I had all of these other accolades or, or, um, Mm -hmm. or scores behind me from team events and, and league events and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Totally. Who are it's some amazing of the other what happened. Uh, sorry, what was that, Daryl? I was asking who are some of the other players you would have played in the singles in a, in a 2011. You the um, I my the final remember? match I played against Brad Glenn. Um, who did I play the match before that? You played Johnny. You played Johnny, and was it was it Quebec? You guys played. Yeah, we played in Quebec. So Johnny was on was one of the guys there, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um there would have been yeah, Daryl, I think was there. I think it was actually Daryl that I played in in the first match of the stepladder. And then I played um Brad Glenn. Um there was was it Sean? No. Terry for whatever, oh, I think Terry was at um, 
Licks. Open, open math, open nationals. When I played him, um, yeah, I can't, I can't remember a lot of people. I'd, I'd have to look back, but I, I do remember playing Brad Gwen in the final. Now I looked it up, but my internet wouldn't handle it. So I don't, I don't, I don't think they have the, I don't think that the Masters that far back, but I can look at the two thousand one. Lonnie, you're right. I think t Bobby Toroville was there. Yeah, uh, Terry Terry Little was on the 2015 C5 one you played. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. yeah. There you go. See, this is why we ask questions to the comments because people know it there, or they they got yeah. fast internet that they can look it up. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. Some walking stat books. It's awesome. Yeah. Now you not now you played then one more time you played the C5 Open uh, singles as well. Did you play also mm -hmm. on the men's team that year? Um, no, that was 2015. 2015? Yeah. yeah. What happened that year? C5, it was the open <laughs> national. <laughs> it's you, like every time we ask him a question, his face goes blank. It's like the computer froze. De yeah. De Dexter, you know what it is? He's, he's like, Mom, that place and that time, and I don't remember <laughs> that guy's name. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so, Brad, Brad it's, yep. it's the year that you lost to the Grazia in the finals. Yes, I remember. I remember losing to Grazia in the finals. <laughs> that um, that's the year, okay, buddy. You, yeah. you, you got your bearings straight now. So yeah, no, no, I wasn't <laughs> part of the men's team that year. Um, Saskatoon was the men's team that year. Um, being an engineer, I should know all these details. Yeah, <laughs> um, you think we would have prepped you or something? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, live 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 demos never never go well. So. <laughs> well, a, a different experience obviously we've talked about this on the podcast before is yeah. the open singles format versus the mm -hmm. master's singles format um yeah. how are your thoughts do you obviously you knew the format was different what were your thoughts mm -hmm. on playing a different format coming into the open um i liked that format um i find i've got probably one of the better chances in a format like that just because obviously like for for match play uh, on the master side it's just you play one match and then you go on to the next one and the next one like open if people don't know it's you bowl eight eight game blocks i think it was or seven game blocks um if you have a bad game kind of similarly to what uh, the cash tournament qualifying is you can have a bad game and still and still finish finish high so um so i think that way like just playing averages um it, it helped me out because you can throw away one or two bad games a day right or throughout the tournament and it's it's not going to kill you whereas you can shoot a crap game and and win a match or you can shoot a great game and lose a match so mm -hmm. it's 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 just a totally different mindset and I, I like those my I like the pinfall matches just because it, right. like, you 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 have a little bit of leeway if if you get stuck in a rut. In your game, yes, I agree with you because um, you, nine times out of ten, you're still going to be up there at the end of the time just with mm -hmm. your, with, with your skill set. Yeah, and like, and that's the way I kind of go into a lot of those qualifying things for the open and stuff like that like we we bowl 10 games in a day and 
if you have one bad game, it's not going to kill you. Um, but you have to realize that and, and not get mad and, and still focus on what you have to do properly as well. Yeah. So Lynn here asks, obviously, Brad, you're one of his favorites. How mm -hmm. do you stay competitive when you do not play very much? Bruce Mortar was the same. Uh, and it's an un unusual way to stay good. Obviously, Bruce was never a league bowler and could come to mm -hmm. the tournaments and he'd be, you know, a machine. Um, yep. How do you manage that in, in your in your game? Um, it's, I think I I don't know. Like I've got a a really good um, mentality going into tournaments and stuff like that. Um, I don't. I might not play as many tournaments as I'd like to, um, for whatever reasons, whether it's work or whether it's family or, or, or whatever it is. But, um, I do really enjoy the competition and, and getting out to see people and, and that kind of thing. So, um, if there are tournaments and I make the commitment to go to it, I make sure that, um, I've prep. I've prepared myself. Um, I still bowl two leagues a week. Uh, one of them is a competitive league to to kind of keep me a little bit sharp, and the other one is just a fun league to to get out and have fun. And so you're and, still playing, uh, okay? So I'm I'm still playing throughout the weeks and everything. It's not like I'm taking uh, exponential time off um, before or not, but uh, it's it is different when I haven't competed in a big tournament for a while and, and kind of just making sure that I'm, I'm mentally sharp and physically sharp with, with my game. Right. Uh, Lloyd asks, when you play your first shot, are you typically going for a certain pocket or a, or a style? Obviously, I mean, you're a little bit, you're know, watching those a mm -hmm. little bit left kind of coming in, but then we said earlier that you're a hook shot. So mm -hmm. a little bit unique in your, in your approach there. Yeah, so over the years, it's kind of uh, kind of changed. Um, for a while, it was I want to play on this spot, and and that's what I want to do. Um, and it really wouldn't matter if I hit left pocket, right pocket, wherever. Um, I'm still kind of the same way. Um, I don't necessarily pick a pocket. Um, if I'm if I am playing very well, or I start noticing that um, the reaction at the end of the lane isn't what I'm expecting, or or I'm starting to to maybe leave corners on a certain pocket, yes, I'll I'll look at trying to keep on a one pocket or whatever. But uh, for the most part, um, lately I've found if I can play for an area and try to make that area as big as I can to give my sh myself a shot at, uh, at hitting the middle is kind of what, what I tr typically try to do. Nice. A little bit um, larger than this. So specific on, it's gotta be left yeah. pocket. It's gotta be right. Mm -hmm. pocket. Yeah. But then like in practice and stuff, like I will, I will shoot at pockets. Um, Steve Peter and some of those guys that I grew up with, uh, would know this pretty good. Um, there'd be times where I'd just get up on a lane and say, what pocket do you want me to hit? Where, where do you want me to put this? You want me to make it thin or thick? Like, and I could, I could do that in practice and, and hit 95% of the shots that, that they'd call. And it was, I don't know. It was, it was pretty cool doing that. Nice. But, but in, in competition games, I'm, I'm not going to pick a pocket unless I know that I'm having issues with one pocket or the other, but 
I'd say 99% of the time, um, if I start having problems with hitting one pocket versus the other one, um, it's either speed or it's rotation. And, and that, that's the reason why I'm, I'm hanging a corner or leaving a chop or something. So with your ability to actually be able to pick thick, thin pockets, if you want to, Mm -hmm. Um, if you ever come into a situation, we've talked about this a few times. If you come into a situation where, you know, here, your, your final ball of the game, you got a full deck, you need, you need, you know, you can't punch. Yeah. Do you play thin? Yeah, I, I'd do that in that situation. I know there have been situations where I haven't, or, or where I've haven't executed as well as I want to. And I've, I've punched, um, one of them being at the Regina Classic where I was playing Doug Clark uh, in one of the Sunday matches. Um, I punched a headpin in the final ball or in the final frame and I looked up, I was like, okay, well, match is done. Somebody's like, well, no, it's not. You can go up and spare it still. I was like, well, yeah. A lot of the Regina guys in, in Monday night leagues always yeah. bug me about, about having the, the split spare line and, and all that. And I just, I, it was it was weird. Like I got up, I knew exactly where I had to put the ball in the lane to be able to spin spin pins across, um, and I just about spared it that time. I spot, shot the three pin across. Uh, the two pin went down hard and uh, fell into the three pin. And three pin wobbled and just didn't fall. Wow. So it was, wow. Yeah, like that. There there are times that uh, it works out and it doesn't work out, but. Uh, if I do know that I need to not punch or not do something, yeah, I'll I can play for for that shot. That's awesome. We've talked about that in our splits before, as going for splits as spares or you know mm-hmm. trying to clean up for for wood. So, yeah. Um, how should we cut off the the betting? We're not a betting site. Yeah, yeah. Settle Down Universe does not endorse gambling. Mm-hmm. But if you are to gamble, I would bet on this guy right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be an auto 20 bucks there. Anybody wants it. Yeah. Um let's chat though a little bit on the on the you know family, the work, the number of tournaments that you play. There are lots of them. How do you manage to um what do you decide? Like what's what's the priorities, and when do you do you make a calendar at the beginning of the year? Say I'm playing this, this, and this. Is it week to week, or how do you manage that balance so that that you know we're yeah, not it's, the only it's, one with it. Yeah, it's tough. Um, obviously, having young kids, uh, the oldest one's five and a half, the youngest one's one and a half now. Um, it's different now. Like I, I feel like when I'm away, you're missing stuff, and and you don't want to uh, you don't want to miss stuff obviously um, one thing that I've kind of thought about since we've had kids is well if I'm competing all weekend and having fun obviously somebody else has to be watching the kids the whole time and I don't necessarily think it's fair to to make Lisa watch the kids for for four days well whether it's at the tournament or whether it's at home and and uh, and just uh, go out and do whatever I feel like doing. Um, obviously, there's some balance there. Um, I'm sure that she'd say, "Go ahead, make money." Uh, I know you're going to do well, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It, it's 
it's different when you got a couple kids and and somebody that has to look after them because there's no obviously grandma and stuff would look after them in a heartbeat but it just i don't know it just doesn't so do you do you set a calendar of deciding i'm i'm gonna play the open this year and then not the masters or i'm gonna play this uh wcbt mm -hmm. event or i'm not gonna play anything how do open, you how do you make that decision yeah open and masters um it, i kind of have to look at work um I've got a couple key clients that I usually look after and, and they usually have shutdowns at certain periods throughout the year. So depending on, on uh, timing, I might not be able to play one or the other, depending on when provincials are or, or when qualifiers are and stuff like that. Um, for WCBT events. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. It's I, just I, Regina. I yeah. try to, he, I try he shows to, up to Calgary, but he's going to a wedding instead. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah. you know what L lisa has family out in mundare and uh, right. and and uh and you know so i mean that's an option but he just never takes the option so i mean that's brad but um <laughs> it's i don't know it's i try to make make a commitment early enough for sure so that at least you give people enough time to say yeah i'm coming i'll i'll be there and stuff like that but I don't know. It's, it's been tough with, with kids and with work and, and just managing everything and, and trying to fit everything in and not, uh, obviously you don't want to let people down by not going to tournaments and stuff like that. But it's, I don't, it's just, it's just one of those things where I do want to play more tournaments. It's maybe not at the right time in my life right now to, to play as many sure. tournaments yeah. as, as some people. You can't, you can't, uh, I don't think you're. I think you have it completely wrong. I don't think necessarily you're you letting anybody down. Is you're not letting anybody down. Obviously, I commend you for for having it maybe a, a different moral compass compared to some other ones out there. Family and and other things are more important to you, and that's you know that's perfectly fine there, Brad. Right? You mm -hmm. only have so much time with family and that, and we have to commend you on that. Um, obviously, we want to see you and participate more. As yep. many of you guys, obviously, most of you guys know on on this podcast today that Brad's probably probably top five shooter in Canada. He just doesn't play enough, right? Yep. Um, you might not know by his haircut or anything like that right now, but he, <laughs> but he's pretty sharp on the lanes. But uh, um, yeah, I just it, when he gets out and plays, he he does well. I, I know. He, other than that, one time he went to Calgary. Other than that, one time. <laughs> It's pretty I, common, though. I mean, yeah. we're dealing with, yeah. you know, there, there are families, there are yeah. you know, commitments, there's coaching. I certainly dealt with it for many for sure. years of not even being around, mm -hmm. uh, you know, coaching kids. And that was the priorities. You know, you can't fault that. You still try to play a couple of tournaments here and there, but you're not sharp enough. Brad is much, much different, not at all trying to compare. But everybody goes through these mm -hmm. little, you know, commitment stages where you have lots going on. Yeah. It, it starts to slow down at some point. I mean, I, my kids aren't as busy in all the sports and I'm certainly not coaching as much. So I feel like my time is opening up again. So it will open up again for you, Brad, um, yep, sure at some point. And, you know, as they get a little bit older, a little bit more self, you know, manageable, then Lisa doesn't have, they're, they're not as much work at the ages that they're in, but they're in yeah. heavy work time. So you want to pick and choose mm -hmm. once or twice in a year, not five or six. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and like, with the work that I do, like 
when I first started, I was doing a lot more traveling. Uh, and I noticed like with Adeline, our first daughter, um, being away for a week, like the amount that I'd miss, like I'd go away and now she come back and she's saying whatever differently, or she's walking now or, or crawling or, or doing something else by herself. And, and it was, I don't know, it was just stuff that you, you can't see again. Yeah. yeah. Totally. It's good. So what, um, what are we going to see you out this year? I mean, when did you come to the, the TPC would be one that you try to get out to, or you thought about that one? Um, TPC mm -hmm. Regina, maybe make two of them. We'd like to see him on a tour finals would be great. Yeah. Um, I always find Calgary tough just because it's early in the season, like it's October and, um, usually my busy time at work is starting to ramp down there. We're closing out projects and stuff like that. Um, TPC is one that I do regret not getting to as much that yeah. one we used to go to all the time and, and it's, it's so much fun out there. Um, I always have a tough time getting out to red deer, uh, because April, May, um, those times are very heavy times for work and, and it's tough to, to get a weekend off just because a lot of times we're working long hours during those times. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, def I definitely would like to get out to more, more of these cash tournaments again and, and, uh, and compete. Get on out there. Yeah. Let's see in the, the tour finals. Just, gotta see a Moen's in there. Have you gonna make one of those? Yeah. Yeah. This, this year we might have to make sure everyone's wearing those, uh, those soccer bubbles. So. <laughs> so we can still do <laughs> st st still keep our distance and whatever else, but yeah. might be interesting throwing bowling balls. With Throw your hook that. shot in that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well guys, any last comments here for, for Brad? Any, any, any more questions for him, uh, our fans out there? I saw anybody do have any orders coming in from, uh, some, any store, any merch, five menu merch. Who was the first one? <laughs> Nothing yet. Come on, <laughs> abandoned carts. I think yeah, Mike abandoned Wist, carts, but nothing yet. Yeah. yeah. Mike Wist asked me what the last year I was that played Masters. I think it was actually the year that I won singles. Oh. And <laughs> You're tired I, on I top. Think, yeah. In twenty uh, in twenty eleven. So it's been a little while since you've played Masters. Yeah, it's been a while since I've played Masters. Yeah. Yeah. Brett, you can't trip uh, about my hat says, um, until you buy one, so, Canem. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, Brad, as somebody that's competed against you at some of these cash tournaments, yeah. you're by far one of the most fluid players on the lanes, and it's amazing to watch. And I hope you get to compete a lot more, and uh, people get to see you out on the lanes because you're definitely a competitor. And uh, like to face you a few more times before before this whole thing gets shut down by COVID-23, I heard, so. <laughs> yeah, no, th thank you for the, for the nice words. It's, it's, uh, I don't know. I find it, I find it weird always hearing, hearing stuff like that, but uh, I, de I definitely don't take it for granted. And, and I, uh, and I do appreciate, uh, do appreciate that. 
Who's your Who's your bowling idol? We got a question for that. Who's my bowling idol? <laughs> I don't know. Like, as as a youth growing up and going to the bowling school and stuff, like the five years I think I was there, there was Gino was always there, uh, Bruce was always there, Lynn was always there. Um, the guys from Manitoba, Jim Llewellyn, Scott Barber, mm -hmm. um, Jeff Bourne. Like, yeah. I, I wouldn't say I've got a single idol. Um, I think one of the ones, or a, a couple of the ones that I probably looked up to the most would definitely be Lynn Howell and, and Gene Zebarth. Um, the knowledge and the um, experience and expertise that they have and, and just how they carry themselves all the time and, and have nothing bad to say about anybody and show utmost respect to anybody out there. It doesn't matter what your name is or what your background is or, or what you've done in bowling. Like they'll always have, take the time to talk to somebody and, and never put somebody down. So I think, mm -hmm. I think seeing those guys growing up um, and the way that they acted probably definitely influenced the way that, that I approach things now and, and uh, try to try to hold myself. Brad, a um, couple things. Uh, first of all, we all want to know who's your favorite uh, Clark, Doug or Kevin? <laughs> Cause I know Doug's watching, so you don't have to pick Doug. Don't pick Doug. That's you don't you have said? you don't have to pick Doug if you don't want to. Oh, I don't get to see Doug that often anymore. So maybe it has to be Kevin for now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Gino, sorry, uh, put this one up. Gino says, "Bread, thanks for the memory for my Facebook profile." <laughs> you're, you're welcome, Bun. <laughs> you're welcome, Bun. Um, I, 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 <laughs> Um, I have to, um, um, I, I have to thank, I have to thank you for honestly a lifetime of, uh, memories and friendship. We've known each other for 20 years, man. Right. So, yeah. um, and we still have, uh, the best, uh, Baker's team in Regina. I mean, I, I got asked to play with you and the Clarks and obviously yeah. I said, yes, cause you can, I can tag along and you guys can carry me a, a long ways. So, uh, -huh. yeah, we uh, carried what, you the one year that was for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, typical in Regina. So, so I think um, I can't wait for we can play again, and you guys can make me some more money. Hopefully, so yeah. <laughs> so that's the only thing I went out me there. Too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, we've we've definitely gone back a lot of years, and because what? It, how old's John now? Thirty-two, and yeah. We started making road trips out to your guys' house. What when when he was eighteen? Yeah, his eighteenth so. birthday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was a that was an interesting time. Yeah, I think I think my favorite memories of you are definitely been not at the lanes at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, sure. Was, In the basement, a little bit doing doing things. Yeah, yeah when mom, <laughs> when, it's, it's, when, al it's always a good time when when uh, Tim and Dexter's mom comes down down the stairs and just looks at you and says what in the fuck are you guys doing and then he turns around and goes straight back upstairs yeah me 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 and brian maybe we're doing something appropriate and uh playing siamese twins actually <laughs> no. uh, yes actually <laughs> yes 
Well, uh, okay. five minute universe <laughs> after dark here. Um, <laughs> um, uh, Daryl, Cindy's wondering what brand of sweatpants is it? They're five pin um, universe branded. But what kind are they? I don't know. They're five print universe branded. Okay. Tell her to email me. Okay, I'll ask you. Um, <laughs> uh, Brett uh, asked a question. What is the percentage of hook bowlers out there versus backups? You have to buy Tom Patterson's book and you'll find out. Yeah, exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, that's in the chapter that we got to read. Super interesting. Uh, can't wait for that to come out. But uh, yeah, it's definitely in there. Wait for that. We won't uh, ruin Tom's hard research. That's right. Um, okay, Brad, <laughs> we're going to kick you to the back room here and we're going to close out this podcast. You're more than welcome to stick around and chit chat after. But uh, thank right. you very much for joining us and filling our brain with all your uh, your wonderful insight into bowling. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. It was it was a blast tonight. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. Always yeah. so good chatting with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that was good. That was, that was awesome. awesome. Yeah, it's too bad he doesn't play very often. Obviously, that's the the tough thing, right? Is is you, you can't get out to play at all, and you got to make choices on what tournaments you can go to, but the the thing about Brad is that when he plays, he's going to be in near the end for sure. Yeah. Right. I, I think the thing people don't know about Brad either is that he's one of the funniest guys you'll know. He's super quiet, and but he's he's super sharp, and yeah, uh, he's absolutely hilarious. I mean, I don't think he can be as funny as John, but uh, he's he's pretty yeah. close. <laughs> John, John has to make up for other things. That's why he's a little bit funnier. Yeah. John's got no talent in anything except for making people laugh. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we'll just do a quick recap on what we were all blasting away at the start of this thing. So um, obviously you can head over to store.5pinuniverse.ca and purchase some merch and help support us and also a charity of choice. When we go to make the donation, we'll release who we're donating to. Should but... I take the sticker off? Yes. Do it. Do it. And, and chirp. <laughs> Oh, don't bend it. Don't bend it. Yeah, I don't want to bend it. I'll just take the sticker off. Perfect. It's like ripping off. Yeah. Awesome. Much better. And then if you want a little bit of maybe cheap advertising, we don't know what the silent auction bids are at at the point. You'll find out tomorrow at noon and every day at noon till next Wednesday. But uh, you can name one of the divisions by sending an email to admin at 5pinuniverse.ca with your bid amount. And uh, you'll get the name one of these divisions. Um, there were some guys asking about the lineups for these teams. We will be releasing the lineups here. I'm thinking within a couple of weeks, um, it'll be posted to the five pin universe uh, Facebook page right now. That stuff's all kind of private um, teams. were still looking for players and making specific choices and stuff like that. This is going to be a pretty big deal. Um, if you go to our website at fivepinuniverse.ca and click on uh, our events, you can see the upcoming and the rules on this specific event and stuff like that. These teams are putting up a thousand dollars to play in this. And uh, a lot of people think you can just throw a team together with whoever you want no. and stuff like that. Some of these selections for some of these teams are pretty intense and, they took some time to figure out and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So we want to give them the time and the privacy to make those choices before we make it public. <coughs> so um, 
there was some talk about betting and stuff like that. Once again, Five Pin Universe does not condone gambling, <laughs> but I'm sure there's lots of people talking about it and maybe maybe make a group and see what you can, guys can come up with. I think that's a pretty cool idea. Um, anything you guys have final says before we end this podcast? Who's next? Uh, next couple of weeks, Tim, we've got a few lined up. Um, yeah, we have next week, we have Arnie Rollins. Yeah. Uh, proprietor from out in Northern Ontario. He's coming on. And then the following week, uh, we have uh, Mike and Cheryl Bates coming on. So we're excited about that. And we then we have some stones in the fire for the following week. Um, so, yeah, looking good. Uh, we hopefully have a couple more legends coming in. So, yeah. Uh, you have any ideas, um, any suggestions you want on, um, just send me your way. I'm sending my way, not your way. <laughs> and uh, it would be helpful. And then I can add them to our list. So we're ever growing. So yeah, Perfect. So, solid looking list and lots of, lots of good guests coming. Awesome. Well, all right, guys. Another successful podcast. And chat, thank you for your uh, your insight into uh, some people's deepest, darkest fears. So, yeah. <laughs> out there today. Yeah, they're, they're off the rails today. Yeah. Support the merch. Yeah. Th thanks, right. everybody.